0: A I'm Jason,
1: I'm Kevin, uh,
0: and we're back again. We're going to be looking at our wrap-up of the last UFC event, UFC 237. We're going to be looking forward, getting our predictions in for Fight Night 152. But first, there's a couple uh, stories that uh, happening in, around the UFC. We'd like to take a look at those and give our thoughts on that. So coming up, um, MMA news broke. a fight announced uh, Frankie versus Holloway UFC 240 coming up in July.
1: Yeah. And this, um, I think, uh, I was a little bit split on, um, giving Frankie Edgar the title shot against Holloway as we'll get into, I thought, uh, Volkanovsky, um, with his uh, performance at UFC 237 likely should have been next in line. However, I do like, um, Frankie. So, I mean, that's, this is my first, I think Volkanovski should all, should get the next title. His next fight should be for the title. Um, but I do, um, also like what they did giving Frankie the title shot because he was supposed to get this, um, title shot, um, Max had to pull out. That was when um, Bisbing was interviewing him on TV and he said, are you okay? You look a little sleepy and Max just wasn't all there. So he had to pull out for medical reasons. Frankie took a short fight or short notice fight against N. Ortega and ended up backfiring on him um, and uh, he, he got knocked out. So I do like the UFC, you know, kind of like paying it forward to uh to to frankie for for stepping up i mean because he could have just stepped back and said hey i'm guaranteed a title fight i'm not going to take this risk against a dangerous up-and-coming guy um but he didn't he fought he put on a performance he got knocked out um but they didn't have to scrap the card or scramble to find a new main event um, more than they had to scramble and find a replacement for holloway so i do like that they're kind of honoring and, and giving frankie a crack at the title um, he mm-hmm. is also coming off of a win against uh Cub Swanson. So I think that um, it's good for good on the UFC for doing that. And I also think that Volkanovsky should get the winner of these two. It looks like um, Volkanovsky was hospitalized with some kind of like blood infection or something. So it may even be a, a while till he returns. Timetables, I think should work out on this and um, I, I think Volkanovski should get the winner of these two.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree. <clears throat> you could uh, definitely make a case is the next uh, next candidate, but you know Frankie's got the, the name recognition too, and uh, and also seeing as how he he you know, did a favor for the UFC, not, not a bad matchup. I don't think it'd be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Also interesting to see what how Max Holloway bounces back in this fight. Uh, yeah, you know, regardless of, of who he's fighting, uh, going down to to take this one.
1: That was a that was another interesting part of this for me that that this is coming up in July, and Max just fought a five round war, candidate mm-hmm. for fight of the year against Dustin Poirier for the lightweight um, interim championship, and I, I would have to think that you know they <laughs> they hand out those six month questions like they're candy. And I'm surprised that he didn't, you know, that he he was cleared. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll see how he um, he bounces back from that fight and how he looks. Um, tough test against Frankie. Uh, like you said, Frankie's always a game opponent. Um, he mixes up his striking and his wrestling real well. And um, we'll see if Max can keep him at bay and, um, you know, how this fight plays out. Don't get me wrong. I am excited to see this fight. Uh, just like I said, it was a little bit torn because I, I thought – Volkanovski, you know, should get the next crack. But I guess they can have this fight and also give them the next crack. So uh, winner all the way around.
0: Yeah, and uh, only a short couple months away. That'll be a good one to see. Mm -hmm. Also in the news, uh, bad news this time. We got another positive drug test uh, of the bad kind of drug test. Neil Magny is out of UFC Rochester. Fight Night 152 versus Vicente Luke. And uh, they're going to find a replacement for that fight, which we're going to be talking about shortly. But what is going on with another test, this time Neil Magny?
1: Yeah, there was just um, an interesting article going around about um, four fighters, um, Sugar Sean O'Malley being one of them, who, uh, they've tested positive and the results have come back and it's it's tainted supplements. So I'm, I, I, haven't followed up, um, lately. Uh, the first that I, when the story broke, it was undisclosed, undisclosed reasons why he was out. Uh, then it came out within the last day or so that it's for a positive, uh, USDA test. And, um, I'm wondering if Neil Magney, you know, is, uh, a victim of this tainted supplement um, outbreak that seems to have occurred. He also, uh, not to get the rumor mill turning, but uh, he, he trains with uh, T.J. Dillashaw. Hope it's not some kind of EPO.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But no, I don't. Um, I wouldn't suspect that um, of Neil Magny. Uh, just kind of the way he carries himself, and um, just you know who he. Seems to be as a uh, person in and out of the cage, so I I think I'm leaning more towards this is some sort of like tainted supplement deal. Um, But as always, you know, reserve judgment until more facts come out. Um, I do also, I'll, I'll throw it in there that I'm I'm for just you know letting if if a PED is legal, I'm not saying you know juice these guys up and. That I'm going there, but I think, you know, if a PD is legal, um, I'm not opposed to, to fighters taking it, uh, or any athlete in that case. Um, I, I think that, you know, if it's legal, if it's relatively safe, um, it's their own risk and, you know, I, I'm not for putting all these bans on stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a purist myself. I, I, I would rather see uh, performance-enhancing drugs out of the equation, <clears throat> but the rules are the rules in either either way. And uh, if right, and, and and I guess we don't know exactly sure what what the this test is for. So I shouldn't say a, a positive drug test. Some, but something's some came back abnormal at least. So um, we'll be looking to uh, figure out what exactly what that was. And and again, coming a guy uh, coming out of a camp that. Uh, tday dillashaw is in who tested positive for epo we want to uh that, that that makes it even more interesting and head scratching uh and the next news is anthony pettis is going to be fighting nate diaz in ufc 241
1: I'm uh, excited about this fight. I'm also uh, not going to hold my breath until the cage is locked and they're both in there. Um, Nate Diaz, uh, one of my favorite fighters, um, but just, you know, hasn't competed that much. I don't think he's competed. I know uh, he hasn't competed since the second fight with Connor, um, and, you know, has been rumored he was supposed to fight uh, Dustin Poirier. It looked like that was a done deal. and then. Um, You know, Nate was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. So, see, Nate definitely marches to the beat of his own drummer. Um, He's kind of the anti Frankie Edgar. He's not towing the company line. And, um, you know, he's going to do what's best for Nate. And I'm all for that. But this is an awesome matchup. A little bit of bad blood. uh, They've gotten into it before. Um, So, I'm. anticipating this fight i'm anxious for this fight but like i said i'm not going to hold my breath until uh the doors of the uh, octagon are locked in august and diaz and pettis are both standing in it
0: yeah this one is a long way away in august um so it'll be interesting to see uh where diaz uh what he what he does with this is he he, is this going to be a lock or what um like he said march, march to his own beat he's he's always fun to watch in the ring. I, I always try to figure struggle to uh, describe my uh, view of Diaz. I, it's not like he's my favorite fighter, but I will always turn in, tune in to see him fight. You know, it's, yeah.
1: It's,
0: you know, he's he, in both him and his brother. I think they were, they were just genetically made for fighting. That's what mm-hmm. those guys do. Um, and 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 they're good at it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not going to back down. Uh, but sometimes they're just not in the mood for it. So uh.
1: yeah, they, um, There's there's been some things with like the UFC and pay and you know making the right fights and also uh, Nate Diaz um, feeling probably Nick too uh, that the UFC really didn't market them right. Really hasn't marketed them right. And hasn't tapped into their full like star potential because when when Nate and Connor were fighting Nate uh, Connor was there but Nate wasn't that far behind them I mean there was a lot of I was out I wasn't at the fight but I was out in Vegas for their first fight um, actually went out there to uh, because that was supposed to be dos Sanos versus Connor um, had tickets and everything booked we we're you know gonna maybe buy some scalp tickets Um. But that fight fell through, and then uh, Diaz stepped up on short notice, uh, the infamous you know, taking shots down in Cabo and then hopping on a plane and, <laughs> and going to train for you know a little less than two weeks. But um, there were seemed like just as many Diaz fans out there as there were Conor McGregor fans. And um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, Diaz is a big star in the UFC. I think he has a lot of potential to be even a bigger star. And um, I think he's a legitimate beef uh, with the UFC. So that, that, I think, kind of explains some of his um, absence that, you know, he's going to – the money has to be right. The fight has to be right. Um, I like Diaz and, and, and uh, Nate and Nick because they're the, the fighter mentality that I like. It's the reason why I like Cowboy Cerrone. That's why, the reason why I like Connor. Um, and just talking about it, Nate stepping up on short notice against the biggest MMA superstar in the world. Um, you know, and, and taking that fight and winning, you mm-hmm. know, submitting Connor. So, it, you know, that's just, just the kind of screw it mentality. Let's, let's get in there and fight. Um, those are the fighters that I tend to enjoy watching and enjoy following. And, and both the Diaz brothers are, are, I think, cut from that cloth. Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: So that is uh, the news we're looking at. Let's take a quick look back at UFC 237, see how we did and before we get into uh, the next fight night coming up. So UFC... Do we have to? Do we have to? <laughs> we, we do. We, we're required.
1: Okay. All right. Fair so uh,
0: UFC 237 results. Uh, I went three and two on the night. Kevin went one and four.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Rough, not, rough night for Kevin. Good, yeah, not a good night for my picks. Uh,
0: <laughs> so uh, the the one that... that Kevin did get right, and uh, I did too. Uh, One of the ones I picked right. Clay Guida, predictably, I think, by everyone in the universe, uh, defeats BJ Penn.
1: Yeah, and that's at Harp. Um, I I think I covered it in uh, the last podcast. But as a fan, I I, I wish BJ um, would stop fighting. When... I guess, silver lining, uh, I would say, is he's not getting finished in devastating fashion, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going out there and just getting knocked unconscious every time. And and I, I think that's where Chuck Liddell got, is anytime he got to a point in his career where any time anyone would, like, barely touch his chin, it seemed like he'd... He yeah. Got, just that... Because, I mean, he's... I, different careers right like chuck mm-hmm. was the stand-up you know bangham fighter and counter striker and you know he's going to take the eat the shots and keep coming forward and eventually catch you and he had power and knock you out and uh bj i think sustained less damage in his career so um it's you, you know that's at least not the case So uh, like i said there's maybe a little silver lining there but like i said as a fan i just don't think there's anything he needs to To prove, Um, I think, uh, like you and I both say all the time on this podcast, time's undefeated. And um, (laughs) BJ seems to have not learned that lesson yet, but definitely learning the hard way. Uh, He says he enjoys fighting, and (laughs) uh, amazingly, it seems like he and the UFC are going to sit down in a week or two and figure out what's next for BJ. Oh my Um, gosh. it, we'll see like i said i'm also like i said in the podcast and not to beat a dead hurt horse I'm also not in favor of um telling anyone how to live and you, you know protecting anyone from themselves like he's yeah. you know he's only hurting himself but you know it's fighting it's it's <laughs> the nature of the beast mm-hmm. and um you know, if he can still do it, if it, if it weren't in the UFC, you know, I, I have no doubt that it'd be another promote, promotion picking him up because of uh, the star power of his name. And, you know, um, he continue to fight. So we'll just see. Like I said, as a fan, yeah. I, I, I think it's time to hang him up, but, you know, he's his own man. Would,
0: would Bellator really want him at this point? I mean, it's like you said, if, if a guy wants to fight, uh, you know, can, can you save him from himself anyway? But at the same time, does anybody want to see another BJ Penn fight? I, I don't, I'm not interested in another BJ Penn fight. I, I like the BJ Penn of old as a big fan uh, and, and still think that he had amazing accomplishments inside the octagon, but he, uh, they were even in saying uh, during the fight, this is the best BJ Penn we've seen in a long time. And he still lost to Clay Guida, who mm-hmm. is, uh, Guida's no chump, but let's face it, Guida is not what he used to be.
1: Yes, agreed. And I, I don't know. Like I, you know, I, I think his name would still sell. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't think anyone wanted to see years of maybe even like a decade after the fact. Uh, Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz, number three. But mm-hmm. people, not not in droves, but people still tuned in. Mm-hmm. So uh, I still, I still think there's star power. I, I think, especially, if, I, I don't know, Bellator, but. You know, maybe if you're talking about the next tier down, um, mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. you know they oh, uh, you get, uh, it's a main event on one of those cards and of course yeah, you, know, you, people do are you, you don't
0: want to see BJ Penn fighting on I mean, it, you know, maybe a, a Bellator and I think it's questionable if they want to, but you know, you don't want to see B J Penn going down to some regional uh, promotion or something like that. It's that's agreed. You know, I just don't don't want to see that. Please B J Penn, don't don't keep fighting. You 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 don't have anything left to prove. You've done it. You've been champion. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Hang it up. Agreed. All right. So the next fight uh, was not one we predicted. It was a, uh, a replacement card, uh, a replacement match from uh, Trinaldo and Ferraria, which was scratched because Ferreira had uh, kidney stones. So uh, it was. Uh, I, I wanna I'm glad we didn't pick because I probably would not have picked the right one anyway. <laughs> Irene Adonia versus Betch Koheya.
1: Yeah, and this um this was an, an, an entertaining fight. Um I think Betch uh, pretty much just gassed because she uh when she ended up uh, getting submitted, she shot in and um Aldana just pushed her to the ground i mean i i rewound it at the house and showed my friends i'm like you see that i'm like that might be like not the weirdest but just one of the most like awkward like shots that i've seen because she shot in it's like she hit a brick wall and um didn't even really sprawl just kind of like pushed her over and that's just like okay and um got the uh arm bar submission shortly thereafter so um like i said i think i think best just kind of gassed um she also came in overweight so that probably had a lot to do with it sounds like looks like she had a uh, tough weight cut and um that's uh you know never good depleting yourself yeah. also another conversation but um depleting yourself that much a day before a fight replenish that's uh, that takes a lot out of you yeah, um,
0: those those weight cuts, uh, if, you, if you go too extreme, we'll lose you the fight. Uh, that might have been what happened here. Yeah. All right, so the next one after that, uh, we saw Loriano Staropoli defeated Tiago Alves, and, and both of us picked Tiago to win that fight. So this was uh, one of my two, uh, two losses for me. Um, both of us picked Tiago, like I said.
1: Yeah, and, um, Starpoli looked, uh, really good. He's, he's kind of like a, uh, in my mind, throwback of to like how Tiago Alves was, just like just a violent striker, you know, technically sound, sound and a, and a violent striker. And, uh, that's one of the things I noticed when I was watching, uh, some of his highlights, um, preparing for the, uh, breakdown of this, uh, of this um, I just thought that uh, Brazil, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I thought this entire fight mm-hmm. card, but I, I picked Tiago because I think Tiago still um, is competitive in the welterweight division. Um, I thought that uh, Serapoli's um, style would play into Tiago Alves' strength, and um, you know, I thought he'd just you know be hyped uh, being in Rio de Janeiro and um, would come out with the victory. I was wrong. I uh, I agree with two of the judges. I think it was a thirty twenty seven fight. It was a competitive fight. I, I don't think it was an absolute landslide, but uh, definitely, uh, yeah, Steropoli won that. Yeah,
0: he he was he was moving a lot in that fight. Steropoli. Uh, Alves wasn't really able to to land anything, um, any, any good hard connections, uh, just because of all the. I mean extreme movement i think uh especially in the first uh first round and a half he slowed down a little bit but he was still moving pretty well uh, even in the mm-hmm. third mm-hmm. Uh, so i thought i thought as i was watching the fight i was like he came he can't keep this up he's not going to keep this up he's going to he's going to tire alvis is going to finally catch him it never
1: happened yeah yeah and um i'm just pulling up now uh because i i don't think i Taking a look at it, just the significant strikes, um, Thiago landed a higher percentage, but um, uh, Poli uh, threw more. Um, right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it, it, by no means a, a landslide victory, but, you know, I, I don't think there's really any argument, especially yeah. if you have the non-Brazilian fighter winning in Brazil. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. You know that it's it's a little more than a close fight. You know, there, there's definitely a, a, a decisive winner in that. And um, yeah, it was. And this is going to be exciting. is going to be an exciting guy to, to watch co- going forward because, I, you know, I think he has uh, the tools and the uh, exciting style to, you know, make it uh, pretty far in the UFC. All right.
0: Okay, the next fight after that, we saw Alexander Volkanovsky defeating Jose Aldo. And once again, uh, this was a a bad pick for us. We both picked Aldo to win that.
1: Yeah, I think we were um, favoring uh, the Brazilian fighters um, in this this little stretch. And uh, maybe even banking on, like I just alluded to, that if it was a close fight hometown uh, home country fighter might get the nod but um volkanovsky this this was a, a decisive win um although just you know looked a little off and um yeah. you know this that's to be expected i mean the guy has had a hell of a career he's been in um some battles and uh volkanovsky's one of the up-and-coming featherweights and um like I, I said earlier, uh, I, I think that he, he should get the winner of uh, Frankie Edgar and, and Max Holloway because he's definitely uh, deserving of a title shot, especially if you look at um, you know his last few fights, uh, mm-hmm. beating Jose Aldo, finishing Chad Mendes. Um, that you know, I, I think those two, who uh, just a few short years ago were at the top of the division. Uh, that is enough for me to warrant um, a, a title shot, yeah. especially beating uh, Jose down in um, Rio de Janeiro. This is right. the first time I, I believe they said that uh, Jose Aldo has lost a decision. Uh, oh, well,
0: Well, and, and this is kind of, I got to wonder where, where Jose Aldo is, kind of his career. I mean, he, he really, I don't think, has ever been the same since that loss to McGregor. I mean, he's had some wins since then, but it's, I mean, before McGregor, He's going through that, uh, you know, being the champion and, and in that place where you look at the guy and you're thinking, no, this guy's at the top of his game. He's unbeatable.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it
0: comes out and gets that shocking loss against McGregor. And then after that, he's just really been up and down. Uh, yeah. Not, not really ever to, to the lengths that we saw and uh, performances that we kind of seen before that. I just remember that time uh, when he fought. Um, the name, the California kid, Uriah Faber. Oh, Uriah Faber. Right,
1: remember? Who might be coming back. Oh, really? Unretired. <laughs> that
0: would be interesting. But, but you know, remember I, uh, that, that fight versus Faber where he just about kicked Faber's leg clean off his body. I mean, mm-hmm. you remember that? Um, mm-hmm. Man, you know, that was a performance. And, and I, I, I was a, a big um, Uriah Faber fan. And I remember kind of being totally shocked at that performance and after that you know thinking man who is going to beat jose uh, jose aldo um well you know after mcgregor then then so i was kind of when, whenever I, I look at a jose aldo fight i still kind of have those performances in in my head um and this one especially being in brazil i thought for sure he's gonna this is gonna get him pumped up um and that's kind of a trend that we noticed with the brazilian fighters we'll get more to that in a moment, but. Um, all right, the uh, penultimate fight of the evening was Jared Cannonier versus Anderson Silva and I picked Cannoneer, and Kevin picked Silva who lost a uh, this is this I felt like this was a cheap win for me the way the way this one ended.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not um... My Anderson Silva pick admittedly might have been more of a sentimental pick, and I kind of rationalize to myself that, you know, you look at his last fights. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't won in, in years, but, um, you know, some of those fights include a, a Michael Bisming fight in London, um, which a lot of people thought that Anderson Silva won, but he lost the decision there. Uh, there was even controversy in that fight where uh, he, he need and uh, knocked out or dropped at least uh, Bisping right around the bell. Uh, Anderson jumped up on the cage like he had won. And, you know, they, they called that the end of the round. Um, Bisping kind of saved by the bell. And then uh, another one of those is the short uh, notice, like a couple day notice uh, fight against uh, Daniel Cormier to save UFC 200 after Jon Jones tested positive. Um, and you know, Cormier just wrestled and controlled him. So, I mean, <laughs> those, those two fights are in there. He, you know, I, I don't think has looked bad. He was just competitive against Real Adesanya, who's now the interim champ and is going to be fighting for the uh, middleweight belt against Robert Whitaker later this year. So I thought, you know, he's still competitive in the middleweight division. Um, uh, is going to be an exciting fighter to watch. He's, I, I know he's he's come down from heavyweight but you know he's he's a lot bigger um, you know than i maybe even uh, realized or, or gave him credit for but it moves well and um just the the way that fight was going i don't i don't know that um Anderson would have beat him i don't know that he would have i don't know what would have happened you know <laughs> anything can happen in that octagon but just kind of like the tone of the the fight to me, uh, that cannoneer was setting. I, I got the feeling I'm like this, you know, this guy's gonna win. And there goes another one of my picks down the drain.
0: Didn't mm-hmm. anticipate
1: the uh, the knee going out or you know him, him kicking the knee. And I, you know, I think that is a legit, you know, win for him. You know? Just kicking yeah. the inside of that knee and whatever happened, Anderson apparently is not going to need surgery. Um, okay. But you know he he hurt him to to the point where Anderson couldn't continue fighting. Yeah, and, you know this—it's part of the uh, part of the uh, requirements for a win, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. I guess
1: you're get a stoppage.
0: Yeah, and when I am saying I felt like a cheap victory, it's, it's not that that uh, Cannonier did anything wrong. I mean, he he was he was fighting. It was it was a legal hit. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those uh, those injury wins that you you don't necessarily want to see because you want to see, yeah. How how the guys are fighting? Because I I thought it was shaping up to be a good fight. I thought Canonneer was was probably kind of winning, but I thought it was still close, and and Anderson still looked like he had had something uh, that he might be able to respond with. And I wanted to see which way it was going to go. You get the injury, um, you know, kick the knee. Hey, that that works. That that that, you know, you can win that way. Uh, and he did. I just uh, didn't, uh, didn't like seeing, seeing the injury kind of in the wind. That's, that's what I mean when I said uh, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. felt like it was a cheap win for me. But uh, I yeah. did pick the right one. so I, I will take that uh, as, as proof of my prognosticative powers.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
0: all right. So the well, interesting thing of, about this whole uh, fight card was leading up to the main event. We had this this uh, fight card in Brazil, loaded, of course, with Brazilians. You expect to see them win, and uh, the Brazilians really had a rough night. Uh, I think they only won like, uh, if uh, not counting the cards where both fighters or the fights where both fighters were Brazilians, they only won like three of eight or something like that.
1: Yeah, but, it was something wild. We, we were talking about the numbers. Uh, A couple days ago. Definitely. uh, So, on on the main card, Andrage was the only Brazilian. um, That one. That Uh, one. Preliminary card, Ryan Spann uh, knocked out Little Nog. Um, yeah, I think I, I think just in doing this off the top of my head, I know I have the power of the internet sitting in front of me, but I think I think the Brazilians only on on the whole card only won two or three. Um, I think three, including Andrade, um, but not including fights where a Brazilian faced another Brazilian, which is just odd because I mean. Brazilian uh, Brazilian fighters in general yeah. are you know kind of like a, a staple <laughs> of the UFC. Yeah. You know there seems to right. always be at least one Brazilian champion and um, you know a lot of exciting Brazilian fighters. Whether they're mm-hmm. uh, more of the Silva, uh, where they're you know exciting strikers, Anderson Silva, yeah. Jose Aldo, or they're more like a Damian Maya, um, you know just or Jacare Souza, who's kind of he invented himself as a striker, but, you know, dangerous grapplers and, and submission artists uh, coming from a Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu background. So it's it's always fun to have the Brazilian fighters. And um, it's kind of, to me, like the NFL where they say the NFL is, you know, a, a more fun place when the Raiders are competitive or when the uh, mm-hmm. you know the Cowboys are competitive. It seems to be, you know, a fun place and an entertaining place when there's, you know, a couple of Brazilian champions who, because they, they just seem to be so dominant.
0: Right. Yeah, in, in this case, I, I didn't research this, but I have to wonder if there's ever been a card in Brazil where the Brazilians have lost that many fights. Um, I just thought it was interesting. So going into the main event, I was thinking, oh, man, you know, I picked Andrade, um, the Brazilian in this matchup. This probably isn't shaping up to be a good pick for me. And uh, turned it um, turned out it was. However... And I didn't really know that. Nobody knew that kind of until the last second, because it looked like Thug Rose. In my opinion, she was winning right up till the second she lost.
1: Yeah, and I think that's um, true. She was looking really good. Um, I thought with the uh, her strikes really coming together. Um, she's what ended up being her undoing um, was that uh, takedown defense, which. Worked in the first round where she was going for the Kimura to uh, combat the takedown. And um, like Daniel Cormier pointed out, um, you, you know, when she ended up getting knocked out by the slam, she held on to that and she wasn't able to roll and landed right on her head. It looked scary for a minute. And um, glad to see her get up and be okay. And, um, you, you know, not have a serious injury from landing right on your head and neck, kind of like when uh, Kevin Randleman slammed Fedor, a different slam, but, you know, landing right on that head and neck area, and a scary moment for sure, but uh, absolutely, I agree. She was winning that fight up until she lost it, and I, I've seen some things online. Um, I think Michael Bisming said that uh, he thought it was kind of like a lucky win, for Andrade, there's been some arguments that, you know, athleticism and, you know, power, is it kind of like cheating in MMA? And and, and the gist of the argument is that um, people, you know, in this instance, you know, Rose, who looked technically to be the better fighter, fighter, definitely the better striker, um, ends up losing uh, because Andrade is just powerful and can weather the storm, picks her up and slamming. I think it's all, you know, all all one thing, you know, you're going to have different levels of athletes and toughness and different makeups and, you know, um, some people you can hit them over the head with a bat and never knock them out. Um, So it's just, you know, it is what it is. But um, I I did think even in the loss, uh, Rose looked really good. I'm not sure, kind of like a question mark at the end that, you know, she may retire um, I don't think that she will. I think that she'll be back, and I look forward to her being back. Back. Um, I think there's a lot of, of uh, exciting matchups for her in the division, and um, hope to see her get back into the uh, championship uh, fight. Again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you know she's uh, that. Uh, I hadn't been paying attention to that in a retirement talk from her. Do, do you know her, her? Who her fiance is? Pat Barry. Pat Barry, yeah, mm-hmm. Pat Barry. So you know, maybe uh, she's got other plans with her life. Uh, she's 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 done this, but um, uh, she's I, I would be interested in seeing a rematch of that fight down the road. Um, yeah, but, uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. So yeah, all right. So uh, <clears throat> we're gonna put a bow on that one for uh, UFC 230, uh, 237. Let's look forward coming up this weekend at UFC on ESPN+. Plus. The headlining event is going to be Dos Anjos versus Lee in Rochester, New York. So we'll run down this card here real quick. The first, well, maybe not real quick. Well, we'll just run down the card. So <laughs> the first uh, fight of the evening scheduled is going to be Austin Hubbard versus Davey Ramos.
1: Yes, and uh, kicking this off, and and full disclosure for this review, I am currently walking around my dark kitchen, (laughs) uh, swaying back and forth with a a fussy baby, so I may or may not be able to uh, access the uh, info that I have on my laptop. But um, this fight to me, um, Hubbard, uh, his first fight in the UFC, um, he... Trains at Team Elevation and uh, doing research on him. I'm just a little interesting. Nothing to do with the fight. <laughs> Excuse me. Nothing to do with the fight. But he is, or at least was, roommates with uh, UFC heavyweight Curtis Blades, which, mm-hmm. which I, I thought was a you know just a little cool tidbit. Um, I think uh, this fight, uh, Davy Ramos. Obviously, more experienced fighter and uh, as far as UFC fights go. Um, dangerous submission fighter. Not too bad on the feet either. Um, I think that he wins this. I've, I've seen a lot of predictions that he, you know, he's going to win this first round submission. I, I give Austin a little more credit than that. Um, he had a, a, uh, a spectacular knockout um, in the uh, Legacy Fighting Alliance, I believe. In his uh, his last fight, um, really uh, entertaining fighter, solid um, you know fighter, well rounded, and uh, I I think he's durable, I think he's tough, and I think this is going to be a good first test for him in the UFC. Uh, but I do think he's going to take his bumps and bruises in this one, and I, I see him losing a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ramos is Ramos is more than capable uh, than you know submitting him than submitting. <laughs> Almost any fighter in the division, but um, I, I think that he's going to win just because I think that Ramos is not too shabby on the feet, and um, it's going to be a Hubbard's best chance to win this fight is to keep the fight standing. I think that's going to be a tall task. Um, I think that in the, you know he'll end up getting t- taken down eventually, and you know maybe just as the fight wears on and you know both fighters get more tired. Uh, maybe a little harder uh, when they're sweaty and, and slick for Ramos to submit him. But um, I, like I said, I'm gonna. I, I think that he's gonna lose a unanimous decision. I don't know that he'll be finished.
0: So I gotta uh, agree with you on Davy Ramos. Although I think he is going to win by submission. I'll even call it in the second round. Uh, he's got uh, seven of his of his wins uh, by submission. Only one only one TKOs. Uh, See, maybe he's got some good uh, striking, but um, I I think he's going to be too much for Austin Hubbard in the uh, submission
1: game. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. I mean, Ramos is uh, as good as they come as far as, you know, Abu Dhabi champion, um, I believe, uh, Grappler's Quest, um, lightweight, maybe even absolute. Like I said, I'm doing this off the top of my head now, but legit, legit background for submission grappling, and and that's definitely a very likely outcome.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, similar records, although uh, Ramos has a lot more uh, experience at the uh, in, in the UFC at the uh, top uh, of the the sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on to the second fight of the evening, a lightweight matchup. Charles Olivera versus Nick Lentz.
1: Yeah, so this is a this is a third fight uh, between these two. First one ending in a um, no contest due to a, an illegal knee. Uh, second one, um, Olivera getting the win via guillotine choke. Um, I think the third fight is going to be a lot similar to the third. Um, Nick Lentz is a really tough fighter. Uh, he's been fighting in the UFC for a while. Um, Kind of going back to what I, I mentioned with uh, Andrage versus uh, Rose Nami Yunus and um, sometimes the athleticism winning out. Um, I, I, th- I just think um, Charles Oliveira is the more athletic uh, fighter and um, that uh, plays to his advantage in this fight. Nick Lentz is a really tough fighter, um, gritty fighter, kind of like grind him out style. And um, I just, I, don't know. I'm not going to call my shot and say submission or, or finish by any means, but I, I, I think that um, there's just too many ways for Oliveira to win this fight, and um, I, I don't see Lance, uh being able to take him down, control him, avoid the submission, and uh, grind him out for a decision.
0: Yeah, uh, I I agree with you on that too. I got to go with Oliveira, uh, um, and he uh, I, I, I like this fight. This is one of one of my uh, more uh, on the entire card, one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most, uh, two guys who've got a lot of experience, so I'm I'm looking forward to a good one, although I do think uh, it's going to end up much the same way as their second matchup, so I don't expect a a surprise on this one, I think uh, Oliveria is heavily favored, and I expect it to go that way as well. Okay, so the uh, next one, third fight of the night, a welterweight matchup. Vicente Luque uh, is going to be fighting a late replacement, I believe, in Derek Krantz.
1: Yeah, this is a fighter stepping up. Um, I think he was scheduled to be on Dana White's uh, um, Tuesday Night Contender Series, Um, but uh, stepping in to replace Neil Magny. Um, A lot of experience for uh, Derek Krantz. Uh, over 30 fights, uh, he's 24 and 10, um, pretty well-rounded in the finishing too. he's 10 wins by TKO, 11 by submission. Um, another guy who's coming off, uh, you know, an impressive win, um, in the, uh, the, uh, legacy fighting alliance, um, in, in, in March, um, uh, much like Austin Hubbard, um, I just think, uh, I think this is a good foot in the door for Krantz, um, but uh, Vicente Luque, um, he's just a tough fighter. I think that um, his fight with Neil Magny, um, had he gone on to win that, would kind of, would, would definitely... Uh,
0: Did we re- say that? You were
1: uh, breaking up a bit there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think, um, I think uh, Luque's a, a bit much for Derek Kratz um, I think he, he's a game opponent the tough opponent um, but I think that uh, Luke's uh, had he gone on to face Neil Magny and win um, in this fight I think that really would have bumped him up to the top division the top of the division um, and Walter Wayton, you know he'd start to get uh, the the bigger name fights I think that was the obvious progression for uh, his his career so I I, I think um, Okay, another guy, uh, dangerous as submission guy. And I, I think uh, that especially coming in on short notice, uh, it's definitely, like I said, a great foot in the door uh, for Derek into the UFC. But I think that Santos is going to be able to finish him, likely in the first round.
0: Uh, yeah, first round. I, know. I, 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 wouldn't, I won't be that bold. I think you know, Krantz is coming in with a lot. But um, this is his, his UFC debut. Um, on short notice, it's going to be, I think, a, a tough way to get introduced to the UFC, uh, especially for uh, uh, against a guy like Luque, uh, who was looking uh, for some bigger things to, uh, on the horizon. Uh, I got to agree again. Um, not a lot of uh, dissent so far between us on, on these uh, first three. Uh, Luque for the win. All right, uh, fourth fight of the evening, a featherweight fight between uh, uh, the women are stepping in this time Megan Anderson and Felicia Spencer
1: and uh, Megan Anderson coming into the UFC as the Invicta featherweight champion uh, facing uh, Felicia Spencer who just won the featherweight uh, championship in Invicta uh, back in November 2018 um, Felicia un- undefeated she's only 6-0 and Megan Anderson a lot more experience and um, kind of been a weird um, tenure, I guess, in the UFC so far. I, I mean, she lost a, a, a unanimous decision to Holly Holm uh, last year in June and then went on to uh, fight Cat Zingano. And this is the, where it gets weird, I think. Uh, she wins that fight um, because of eye injury uh, to Cat Zingano. She was going for it. She, you know, threw a head kick, and her toe ended up poking Cat in the eye. Mm-hmm. And Cat kind of just like stood there, and you know, mm-hmm. they they stopped the fight, and Cat <laughs> had her eye closed. And you're like, what's going on? This is really. You saw the replay, and you're like, oh wow, you know, mm-hmm. that it does not look fun. And you know, um, luckily for Cat, you know, no serious damage because that could have been a pretty gruesome injury. But um, kind of a weird introduction to fighter who I think came in with a lot of uh, fanfare and um, was someone that they brought in to eventually face um, Cyborg um, and, and, and be a competitor to uh, or, or competition for Cyborg's uh, title for Amanda Nunez took it. But um, I think Megan Anderson just is you know, more experienced, bigger fighter. Um, she's 145. She's six feet tall. And uh, yeah. just long and lanky, and you know she's um, a, a dangerous striker. So I think this is uh, is the theme seems to be for these newcomers in this uh, this uh, UFC fight night. I think Felicia Spencer is going to have her hands full, and um, I, I just don't see her beating uh, Megan Anderson.
0: I agree. I think Megan Anderson's got all of the physical advantages. Uh, you mentioned the big height differential—six feet, or six inches taller. Um, uh, I think the reach is going to be considerably uh, longer as well. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily put a whole lot of weight um, into uh, the, the, well, it's cat singano, you know, the fluke. Yeah, uh, it that, that would, would normally look at that name and say, oh, oh that's a good win. Um but in this case, uh, it, it, with a fluke injury, um, you know, looking, looking past that, uh, taking Holly home to, um, a, a decision. Um, you know, that, that's uh, a good indication there, I think, uh, of some talent, uh, versus, uh, but a, another, uh, fighter coming in. Um, I, I really think, uh, you can't really necessarily compare the records, you know, uh, too much on this one, uh, more so, um, look at a little bit of the experience and also of the um huge uh size differential between the two i think uh, you're going to have to pick megan anderson on that one
1: yeah one of the um concerns i i, I looked back at her last few fights and and she hasn't missed weight but uh, there's a lot of talk surrounding this weight cut and i think it was yesterday um I, it was th- yeah yesterday two days uh um out from weighing she's weighing it at 156 so i mean that's mm-hmm. good shape as far as weight cuts go um 11 pounds seems like a lot mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things it's not however she looks pretty shredded and i'm not sure
0: how um, much yeah. uh,
1: more water weight she <laughs> there's she can a lot stand to go loose, there so there may uh, um i haven't kept um tabs on the progress of her weight cut nor do i know if she's really you know put anything out since then but um that's you know another one may you know maybe looking at you like you said she's a, a big fighter for the 145 pound division and um I'm, I'm hoping there's no weight issues uh, tomorrow
0: yeah that'd be disappointing i don't to see that uh yeah you get a lot of t- type of notice. That's one of the things that really gets me in, in these fights. Uh, guys missing or, or women missing weight cuts. Uh, you get a lot of notice. Um, you're professional. You should be able to do that You know, or don't make the fight.
1: On, on a little tangent on that note for the women, um, there's something, and I think mostly it's because um, I'm not a woman, <laughs> that I never really, really considered in the uh, Andrade fight. She was talking about how, Jessica Andraj was talking about how well her weight cut was going because she's fighting in her, you know, hometown and uh, she hasn't had to travel. And um, I think there's a lot to do with gaining water weight and, and bloating for women and not being mm-hmm. able to lose that with traveling. And also, you know, if it's just, you know, they happen to be on their period, you know, that's yeah. that, that plays a factor, too. And so yeah. I, you know, gave me kind of a new insight into. Respect to uh, (laughs) the women uh, who fight in MMA and and, and cut weight because they definitely deal with uh, problems and, um, uh, you know, bodily um, functions that that the men don't, you know, so that that that's, like I said, something that I had never really considered before. And um, I'm like, you know, it's got to add a whole new level of difficulty to cutting weight. Mm.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, any, any guy who's married should probably be sympathetic, and you know. <laughs> you get Absolutely. to know those things. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, the um, co-main event of the evening is going to be a middleweight bout. Antonio Carlos Jr. and Ian Heinisch.
1: Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, I'm not going to attempt it in uh, Portuguese because I'll I'll just butcher it. But uh, one of the more unique nicknames, I know you and I like uh, talking about the uh, unusual nicknames, uh, translates to Shoe Face. (laughs) Yeah, which is (laughs) interesting. Interesting. Cool nickname. Um, Definitely a story behind that. Um, We also were talking before the podcast, uh, uh, Heinisch uh, has an interesting story um, uh, was incarcerated in Spain um, uh, for I, I think three and a half years on uh, drug trafficking I believe um, so kind of you know, like you and I were talking about kind of a redemption story and, and cool to read uh, if anyone's interested you know google him look him up and, and, and read about his history and uh, how he's uh, trying to right his wrongs and, and now that he's used his position in MMA to uh, help others who are coming from a similar situation and trying to turn their life around. Uh, cool story. Um, but anyways, this is kind of seems to be the theme tonight. Uh, Heinish, uh, UFC newcomer, um, facing a more experienced guy um, and, uh Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, I, I, I think this is it's going to be much like the uh, Alan Hubbard fight where uh, he's facing a uh, dangerous submission artist who's not too shabby on the feet. And um, I, I think that he's going to be able to hold his own, um, not be completely dominated. But I, I, I don't see Heinish winning this fight. I think that um, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, just has too much experience uh, his last fight. UFC against uh, Tim Bosch, and um, I, I apologize now that I've set my baby down and I'm able to um, look at my stats and everything again. Um, he, uh, this is going to be the second fight in the UFC for uh, Ian Hynish. Um But still, um, my analysis doesn't change. I, I, I think that he's going to end up losing a uh, decision to Antonio Carlos Jr. Um, like I said, he's Carlos Jr., not... Bad on the feet, um, doesn't have any wins by TKO or, um, or, or knockout, but uh, he does have eight submission uh, finishes. So for Heinisch's, uh, I think, best opportunity to win, he has to keep the standing, uh, keep it from hitting the ground. And I think, uh, again, similar analysis to the first fight, that's going to be a tall task. Uh, I think it's going to wear on him in the fight. I, I, I don't think Antonio Carlos, Antonio Carlos Jr. is going to be able to finish him Although he's certainly more than capable, but um, I, I think that uh, he is going to win a decision.
0: Yeah. And the only thing I disagree on that one is, uh, I do think Antonio Carlos Jr. gets the submission on this. Uh, I think um, this another case, he's, he's got a, a huge reach advantage. He's going to be able to to grab Heinish from across the cage uh, in, in the octagon there and uh, be able to to get him take him down. Uh, it'll bench, it will eventually submit him and get the win.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. It's pretty much Keeping pretty, pretty much um, a yeah, carbon copy of the of the uh, the first fight of the night um, with Alan Hubbard and, and Davy Ramos. You know, two <laughs> um, two guys that I you know I think are going to be able to hang and and um, you know. Uh, at least you know maybe a moral victory taking it to a decision and um, and, and you're picking those guys to get a submission and, and I you know I, I can't argue with that because like I said in the first fight that's a highly likely outcome.
0: Yeah so um, I think the difference between this week and last week there's a lot of Brazilians on this card and I think the Brazilians as uh, much as I uh, wish otherwise, uh, I think the Brazilians are going to more likely come out on top on this one. Uh, I, I, looking back on, on the card and my pick so far, I think I've gone with all Brazilians <laughs> so far. I, I um, must
1: have too, because I don't think we've I don't think we've um, yeah. we've strayed from yeah. any of our picks. No. So I think, Yeah, I think we're picking the same, and I, I think um, like over. I mentioned earlier, I think kind of the uh, the theme to this uh, until you get to the uh, main event is you have. Uh, newcomers or at least guys uh, in, in the case of uh, ian heinish who, who fought once in the ufc um mm-hmm. taking on guys who were more experienced so i guess the uh oliver and wentz fight of course would be another exception but um mm-hmm. kind of a theme here is that you know this is this is like the newcomer card
0: yes yeah for the most part yeah they've, they've got that those matchups going Throw, throwing the newcomers to the wolves i think is, is yeah kind of the theme of the night um, so that brings us to the main event of the evening. It's going to be a welterweight matchup between Rafael Dos Anjos and Kevin Lee.
1: And I can make an argument for this one being another newcomer fight because this is Kevin Lee's first um, fight up at welterweight. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos made the uh, Rafael, I apologize. Um, made the jump. Um, I think back in 2017. Um, of course, a former lightweight champion uh, jumping up to the welterweight division. And um, he's, he's two and two so far. I'm sorry, uh, three and two so far. He's a two-fight skid um, against Colby Covington and um, uh, the current champion, um, Kamara Usman. Uh, in, in both those, he was kind of controlled and dominated. Um, this is the fight, actually his fight against Usman was the fight that uh, Dana White said, you know, I'm going to let Usman jump in line ahead of Covington, he really impressed me and I'm going to let him fight for the championship. Um, Kevin Lee coming off of a, a, a one uh, one loss against Al, Raging Al, Iaquinta. And um, Kevin Lee, k- kind of similar matchup to the last two of... Um, uh, RDA's fights Walter welterweight where he's, he's facing another you know wrestler um, a- athletic uh, wrestler not too bad on the feet um, although I don't think he has to really worry about the knockout um, uh, for, from Kevin Lee I think the big difference between this and his last two fights against wrestlers is uh, Usman and bigger wrestlers um than uh, or bigger um, fighters, should I say, than uh, Kevin Lee. Like I said, he's jumping up from 155 pounds. He and Rafael Anjos are probably two of the, the guys where, you know, you make an argument that for a 165-pound division. They're kind of in limbo between the 155 and 170-pound division. Um, but I'm going to pick RDA to win this. And like I said, I think the, the um, big difference, although the, his last – Three fights and his last two fights, and including this fight, may look similar on fa- paper because he's, um, you know, fighting uh, fighters with the wrestling back. His, like, Covington and Usman, like I said, just uh, the bigger guys, and I think Dos Anjos is going to be able to handle uh, Kevin Kevin Lee's uh, wrestling. Going to be able to keep it standing, and uh, I look to see uh, Rafael Dos Anjos kind of of old. When uh, he was going in there and brawling and, and knocking guys out, and um, I think he's going to be able to, to finish Kevin Lee in this. I think he's going to um, get the uh, TKO win, and um, maybe uh, you know this will this will spark uh, further spark or further fuel the argument for 165 <laughs> pound division for for these guys who are kind of caught in between the uh, lightweight and welterweight.
0: All right. So this one, I think, is going to be uh, the one to watch for the two of us, because finally we are going to split. I, oh, I'm,
1: OK. I'm going <laughs> to go.
0: I'm going to go with Kevin Lee. I like his longer reach. I like the wrestling, in this case, over the jujitsu. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I, I think Kevin Lee is going to do it. Um Will he get a stoppage? Um, looking over my stance here, I, I um, will I go with the stoppage. You know, you know what? I I am not going to be so bold as to go with the stoppage. It's pretty. Uh, uh, pretty evenly split I think between the two this might be one of those where you know you've got two two guys who come in with a lot of grappling who end up negating each other maybe yeah. um, I'm afraid that that's how this one's gonna end up so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna gonna uh, put my money on the stoppage but I am going to pick a wrestler with a longer reach over jiu Jitsu uh, for the night so Kevin Lee this is this is gonna break the brazilian train that seems to be we have lining up for the night and uh, kevin lee's going to uh come through for the u.s and uh, get the win and uh save save a little bit of our pride at this (laughs) ufc fight night
1: a little bit of a redemption in that last fight,
0: (laughs) huh? yeah (laughs) that's what i'm thinking
1: and and the 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 thing with kevin lee like Like I've said before, with a lot of fighters um, and we saw um, prior to his fight with uh, John Jones, how um, Anthony uh, Smith kind of, uh, you know, turned, I wouldn't say turned his career around, but started to find more success because he wasn't cutting all that weight and he was fighting closer to his natural weight and he could focus more on improving and getting better. And then, you know, he didn't drain a bunch of energy, you know, getting down to 185 pounds the week before a fight and then having to put that, you know, w- water weight back on, um, you know, in a day for the fight, you know, and, and he, he's found success at the lightweight division because um, he doesn't have to cut so much. And that, that may um, be the case for Kevin Lee, too, um, you know, not having to suck so much weight uh, the week before the fight um, and just, you know, it's, it changes a lot. You know, it changes. It doesn't drain your energy. I think you can change your mentality because it's one less thing that you have to worry about. You don't have to you know, mm-hmm. worry so much about, um, not, I guess, not really what you eat. You're still eating healthy, but, you know, like the, the portions and, you know, I got to eat this now and you know, I got to cut this much water weight and I got to meet a certain um, mm-hmm. schedule to make sure that I'm doing this safely. So, I, I mean, this could this could you know end up being something that kind of, you know, takes his career to the next level. We'll see. So, so,
0: are you talking yourself maybe into to picking Kevin Lee after all? No,
1: no, I'm I, I
0: with not just Yeah, I think you're I'm making a big case. You're convincing me here. I think I think in your heart maybe. No, no,
1: okay. In, maybe a little bit, uh, but I, I'm sticking <laughs> with RDA. Um, okay, I, I think because I think the same thing. I think the same thing could be said for RDA. I think he kind of. Uh, when he jumped up to the welterweight division, he uh, found a little bit of, of a resurgence in his career. Um, like I said, I, I still think both of these guys would be more suited for the 165-pound weight class. Um, I'm still, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still um, in favor of bumping 170s 170 to 175 and then just putting a 165 in there and calling it good. I don't see why not. Everything else goes up by 10 pounds. Kind of, you know, a little bit of uh, cohesiveness, I guess, mm-hmm. doing it that way, too, and uh, doing that 15-pound jump. And um, I understand the arguments against it, and I, I won't turn this into <laughs> an <laughs> argument uh, you know about adding 165-pound weight class. But um, I, I still think, you know, RDA's been up here. He's been at the welterweight. He's fought the, uh, you know, the bigger, tougher, tougher wrestlers. I think that um, I, I kind of see Kevin Lee as mm-hmm. a, a – Cut from the same cloth as a Kobe Covington or um, a, a Kamara Usman, maybe a little more athletic. That's something that's definitely gonna. Um, we'll have to see how RDA deals with that, but I, I think that he's going to be able to to hand her, handle the uh, fighter closer to his sizes. It's almost like a, a a lightweight match to me that they agreed to weigh in at 174.
0: All right. Okay, well, that is going to be it for UFC Fight Night uh, 152 in Rochester, New York. Uh, our picks are in. They are locked. We are committed. Uh, so we'll see how we do uh, this week. The next UFC event after this one uh, doesn't come for a couple couple weeks. So um, we'll come back and just wrap up this uh, in our next episode and wait uh, maybe another week to look forward forward. To UFC Stockholm, featuring Alexander Gustafsson and Anthony Smith.
1: Are oh, we, we we really have a week break?
0: Yeah, we we do. And UFC, do. this
1: is <laughs> this yeah. has been plugging along every single week. It's yeah. crazy, yeah.
0: So a lot lot going on in UFC with their new uh, new deal with ESPN. A lot more fights, a lot more events uh, making it to air. So. Um, It's been uh, an interesting year so far. Uh, For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, that's going to be it for us again. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next time on Fight Strike.